Brilliant Misfits, Episode 55, Dare to Flourish with Mitley Subby. But it's not about fixing ourselves. We're not broken. It's about coming back to that wholeness and then being able to be the best of ourselves in this world. Hello and welcome to Brilliant Misfits, talks with women who are the renegades, the creatives, the entrepreneurs, the artists who didn't fit in and how they've turned it around by courageously following the beat of their own heart. We'll be discussing all things creative, mindful, and artful to inspire you to do it your way and be brilliant with your host, Aisha Kennedy. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Brilliant Misfits. Thank you so much for all of you who have been following and have subscribed. And if you're new and just listening today, welcome, welcome. It's so good to have you here. I have deep, immense gratitude for all of you who are listening. And uh, the women that come on have so much value to share in their misfit lives. And I hope that you are inspired and encouraged to go out and do it your way and be brilliant. Today, I have another brilliant misfit. Her name is Mitley Subby, and she is, well, she's just an amazing person to start with, but she's been a former lawyer, and she's turned into an intuitive guide, and she's not the first lawyer I've had that's turned intuitive guide, and I find that really fascinating. She dares women to flourish, and I love that word, flourish, and her deepest desire is to help every woman she connects with to move towards feeling connected, loved, joyful, peaceful, free, and fully present in her life and worthy of her vision. So welcome, Mitley. It's just an honor to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Aisha. I'm absolutely honored to be here. It's a privilege to get to talk to you. Yeah. And did I pronounce your name correctly? Absolutely. Oh, good. (laughs) My biggest fear. That oh, did I say that right? Okay, so um, let's start with a little bit of your misfit journey, and then we'll go into what you're doing today, which is really exciting, really juicy. But let's start back, let's go back a little bit to that misfit journey that got you onto your aligned path. Because I believe that, you know, as a misfit, we're all misfits to some degree, but that feeling of not fitting, not belonging is like helping us to find our way. We're actually then opening up to, well, where do I fit? Where do I belong? How do I do this? And it usually, if we listen deeply, it it brings us into a very deep alignment with our soul's purpose. So let's start with where you were and what you did before you started your beautiful business called Dare to Flourish. Oh, gosh, yes. Okay. So I think, well, actually, when I first met you and you were just launching um, Brilliant Misfits and the word misfit just shone out to me and it was perhaps even the first time I'd understood that, that, that that's what I'd always been. And it was, it was such an enlightening moment for me when you were describing who your podcast was for and, and who was listening because I looked back and I thought, oh, wow, that's, that's how I've always felt. So even when I look back at my school days I had um, gorgeous parents who believed in you know good schooling so I was always in an environment in which I wasn't flourishing I always felt out of place Um, I never seemed to have the same background to the others or the same 
beliefs or the same um, dreams and desires. I just always felt that I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And that continued really for my whole schooling. My first boarding school was was like that. Um, and even up until university, I just never, I started doing law really because I had no other no other idea about what to do. And my father had always wanted to be a lawyer. So I jumped in at that. And I think for me, a lot of it was a lack of self-knowledge that because I'd always been in these situations that I didn't feel that I fitted in and wasn't aligned to, I hadn't really been on that journey of self-discovery to really get to know who I was. And so that continued until I um, started to just go really deep within and ask myself those questions. I had um, a accident when I was 18, a, a, a dreadful car accident. And that really left me asking those big questions, like, what is the point of life? <laughs> mm. And, um, trying to find answers to why, why we're here. And in some ways it's taken me a long, long time to come to terms with that. But in some ways it has also been an amazing, it was an amazing gift. I now see because it did set me on this path to find myself. And um, I don't mean that in the cliched backpacking around Asia, although I did do that too. But to really go on that journey of, you know, who am I? What am I? And what is the deeper purpose for all of us in this this life and this planet that we're sharing? Mm, I think that's a really important point. I think all of us have some point, a particular episode or a memorable event that has been a catalyst and it, it you know sometimes it is a bit of a disaster like having a car accident but it doesn't always have to be but whatever it is it seems like these things come to us so that we actually stop and question and ask all those bigger questions and, and really look at because I don't think we're really taught or at least in my generation we weren't taught in schools to okay discover who you are and <laughs> and what you love to do and you know you're on this sort of societal path of being a lawyer being this and um yeah and I wanted to go back when you said you know you had these dreams and desires like do you remember when you were young like what those dreams and desires were yes when I look back I just remember this deep sense of wanting to be of service and it was Mm. everything that I did I wouldn't have perhaps used that language at the time but when I look back everything I've done and always had done was was to support others. So I was always the one that, you know, if you wanted to be in the school play, I would be there helping you learn your lines and encouraging you to do that. Um, so I was always kind of in the background doing that supportive role. And that was really what what drove me forward. And yet I always still felt like an outsider. I wasn't the one joining in. You know, if I was in um, we were playing team sports. I was always the, um, you know, the extra one that gets to come on for the last five minutes, or I was captain of the B team. Um, if I had friends who wanted to, uh, whatever it was, you know, school plays, get into a hockey team, then I would probably go to the trials with them. So I had this deep sense to be of service at all times. And that really wasn't considered terribly useful. <laughs> It was like we well, can was, laugh at that now, right? <laughs> considering yes. considering where you are today, which is actually exactly exactly what you're doing. 
Yes, I know. And looking back, it's it's fascinating to see that and reflect on that because at the time, what I was expected to want was for me to be on the team or in the school play or top of the class or whatever it was, as opposed to this kind of role slightly in the background supporting others to do it. So I guess my dreams were that I could always see in others the potential that they had and to support them. Um, but again, I didn't necessarily use that language or understand that at the time. All I saw that I was somehow inadequate because I didn't aspire to do the things that my friends and um, the people that I was, you know, mixing with wanted to do. Yeah, exactly. The labels that we put on things that, um, yeah, it really, it is like, it's just a label and mm. and then it, and then whatever the label is can make us feel really good or really bad. <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> so let's fast forward because this is really interesting, this whole dream desire. You knew that you were supportive and in service. And, you know, I resonate a lot with that. I'm very much the same in that, in you know, being in service to people, starting a podcast and highlighting other people and all of that. Mm. It's just been part of it. But you have actually also created a business called Dare to Flourish where you are the, the coach, the, the supportive person and helping women. And I want you to talk a little bit about your business. Yes, no, I'd love to talk about that. I um, It's funny, I've always sort of dabbled in business. My parents were self-employed and I always held that up as something that I wanted to do, even though they had very, very difficult times and they were much more keen on me having a good, um, good career and profession as a lawyer that was seen as a much safer, better, financially, more abundant route to follow. And again, it never, <laughs> but it just never, ever fitted. It just never felt right. So I, on that journey of being a lawyer, I did have, you know, a, a kind of breakdown and just left everything. I left my job, I left my flat and I got on a plane and literally went to find out the meaning of life. That was my absolute intention. What is our point? What is our purpose? I traveled a lot and I ended up in Australia. I was lucky enough to have dual nationality. And so I started studying other things. I studied nutrition um, and I worked in other roles. I went back into hospitality as that's what my parents had been in as um, in management roles and, and just started to really explore in a in a space where nobody had any expectations of who I was. So it was incredibly freeing. Um, it was totally running away, but it allows you to perhaps not reinvent, but reconnect with that essence of who you are, rediscover what it is that you, you're here to do. And, and that beautiful journey um, led me to a whole different career. And we actually started, I started an organic store and cafe again coming from this point of service I had all this knowledge I wanted to share it as far and wide so we opened an organic store and I was doing food coaching and cooking classes and it was this slight disconnect because although I was passionate about health and I had this amazing knowledge and I kept studying this is a classic for me I think if I just know more I can be better and what I realized on that path was I'd finished a cooking lesson and I just was left so flat. And again, I reached a point of like, what is wrong with me? You know, <laughs> I've got so much. I feel this strong calling to serve and, and, and share what I know. And yet it's just not leaving me feeling aligned. There's something I'm, you know, I'm one side of the path. It's not working. But 
what that gave me was this beautiful opportunity to connect with some amazing women. And having that business, I started a Facebook group, which at the time was called Live a Luscious Life. And it was really connecting in to more holistic lifestyle and food and nutrition and all these things that I was learning and sharing. Um, And very quickly through that and the amazing women that trusted me um, and became clients, I noticed that actually, although women were coming to me about food and nutrition, there was this underlying lack of self-worth that we were all experiencing. And it was just this beautiful synergy that I finally got it, that actually my own journey with self-worth was where I needed to be. And I I didn't know quite how to do that, but the Dare to Flourish came about from that. I sat down one Sunday night and looked at this group and I thought, I have to change the direction of this. This isn't what I need to be doing. And I just sat silently. And it was one of the first times I'd really asked for inner guidance. And the name Dare to Flourish just came, literally just popped in. And as I changed everything in that group, literally everything changed. Everybody was like, oh my goodness, I love the name. And it just felt, it was daring myself to flourish. And I was like, let's come on, we're going to do this together. And it, that beautiful uh, web of sisterhood just started to build around it. And it does now feel like, like a movement around those principles of, of really rediscovering our innate self-worth and knowing that we are worthy of whatever our vision is um, and coming together to support each other on that path so that when we wobble, <laughs> there is somebody to catch you and help you get back on there. That's so important, Mitley. Thank you for sharing that because, you know, if we don't have that connection with other women, other sisters, that when we do wobble, it, it can be completely um, – you, you can freeze. You can basically freeze, be stuck – and spiral down and I think from what I hear you saying is that having this group of women that if someone does wobble the others are there to hold them support them and through that and I love that yes absolutely and it was it was another the whole dare to flourish has been an amazing journey for me because self-worth is a very big part of my ongoing journey Um, And I feel I'm still very much a a work in progress, but also sisterhood. My experience of sisterhood, despite having supported um, friends at school, etc., I was also bullied at school. Um, And then in the corporate world as a lawyer, I didn't find find a whole lot of sisterhood um, in, in private practice. I did later when I worked for the Law Society, but it was quite an interesting relationship. And to really embrace and facilitate sisterhood, I was a bit like, oh, this is interesting. <laughs> How's this going to go? And of course, it was amazing. And I think there is such a movement at the moment of women rising up and coming together mm-hmm. and throwing away that that old I guess the old archetype when it simply wasn't safe for us to actually support each other because we would be accused of witchcraft or something else. Mm. Um, And so as we all kind of throw that off and, and join forces in that, you know, literally joining arms and rising together, it is, it's an honor and a privilege to be, to be alive at this time and to be part of that movement, I think. I agree totally. And I, it's very exciting. And I think, you know, it's, it's not, it hasn't peaked yet either. I mean, there are still no. pockets of women that are still trying to, they're still competitive with their sisters. They're still, um, you know, secretive and, you know, because they haven't really 
learned the old ways, I mean, and the very ancient ways of sisterhood and how supportive we are. And it's just natural for us to be that way, but we've been conditioned otherwise. Yes. I think it's that conditioning that has to peel away and peel away. I know for myself, uh, you know, it was very difficult for me to embrace that, oh, these women are really supporting and, and feeling, you know, competitive or jealous or, you know, all those things that is actually conditioning mm. because the natural state, which I've come back to, and I, I'm a work in progress as well, is that, you know, when you are with your sisters, it's just natural. It just feels yes. natural at home, supportive, loving. I cherish it now. Absolutely cherish it. Yes, it is. And I, I love the way you describe that as, as that conditioning, because you're, of course, absolutely right. You know, it's kind of in our, almost in our DNA from our ancestors. But when I came to this beautiful town that I live in at the moment, that was really an introduction to sisterhood for me while I was pregnant um, that we have a red local red tent. And it was the first time I'd sat in circle with women and I was completely blown away. So a lot of that influenced and still influences how I run my group and, and my business. It's all based on those, that traditional model of, of circle and sisterhood. Mm. Now I love the name that came to you, dare to flourish. I love the word flourish. I think that's such a beautiful word. <laughs> And the word dare, like, what do you make of that? Because you're still, you're in it as well, just, you know, growing and evolving with it. So when you got this, you know, this name that just came to you, Dare to Flourish, how did that feel? Like, how, what, what's the dare part? Like, why do we dare? I think what it feels to me is that it's those two words that actually almost don't go together, but yet they fit together so beautifully. Mm. So for me, the dare is that it takes courage to um, be yourself in a time where we have been conditioned and often brought up that we need to fit in with a particular uh, a particular role or a particular type of person or it might be a career or it might be getting married whatever it is we have very definite ideas um, from our families from our communities from society at large and whatever our background we carry those and so the word dare to me is really like we have to step out of that and that takes courage that that takes going in and then stepping out and that's not easy when i when i work with myself or with clients you know we all have these layers of unconscious fear but we also have that conscious fear of of what's going to happen when we step out of the tribe what's going to happen when we we show who we really are because so much of that is about fitting in mm. and you know the the beautiful women that you talk to and and we're talking about misfits we already have that element of not fitting in so then when we're going to come out singing and shouting and saying actually this is me this is the real me that's pretty scary. Well, I thought it was pretty scary. <laughs> so it was kind of like, let's dare to do this, dare to do it differently. Um, and daring in that, you know, not in the, um, I hope not in a, in a way of flagrant disregard for everything, but a disregard of other people's opinions um, and a really coming back to your own your own um, inner strength and relying on yourself, knowing that you can trust yourself. And again, coming back to that intuitive wisdom that we all have, our heart's wisdom and following that path. And I think, I guess the word I keep using is courage. And that for me is, is what dare means. It's to be courageous enough to really step out 
and show the world who you are. Mm, and courage is heart, isn't it? I mean, the French <laughs> derivative of that word is, yes. is means heart. It's such a beautiful word too. I'm really, I'm getting into all these words today. <laughs> <laughs> And flourish is a lovely word because, you know, you can bloom, but, you know, blooms come and go. But to flourish means a sustainable, it's, it, it continues. Yes. And I, you've actually just described it perfectly because for me, the word flourish itself is soft mm. and it's soft against the dare. So it's almost, the, you know, if we come into balance, perhaps the dare is slightly the more masculine side of us pushing us out. And the flourish is that softer, more feminine side of us, which has got to do that in a sustainable, safe, loving, empowered way. And yes, definitely for me, flourish is about growth um, and evolving. But yes, not kind of coming and blooming and then and then dying off, being able to keep going, keep growing, keep evolving and um sharing the, the idea to me of flourishing is one woman flourishes it has that beautiful ripple effect it, it touches another woman who is then able to do the same thing so it's it's that sort of softer gentler feminine support both for ourselves and each other mm. yeah and you mentioned um you know flourish together through connecting collaborating and creating mm. like those three c's bring it yes. bring that into the flourish because those three scenes I love and it was somebody I can't remember who it was but somebody who pointed or described that as women you know we need to um, create and collaborate rather than compete and I just thought that's that's absolutely it I grew up in a in a very competitive world without necessarily again understanding that at the time school was competitive law school was competitive university was competitive the legal profession was competitive you know there were only so many places etc cetera, etc cetera. and even being in small business in a small town can can be seen as competitive because of that sort of scarcity idea but actually women show so well when we're in business and when we come together and collaborate and create things together that we spread um amazing value amazing service amazing products and it actually brings more people more abundance more more customers and we're able to serve more people so it's almost in life but also in business we're turning it on its head and yes collaborate and create i think are incredibly important for us I love that. Create and collaborate. It's the opposite of react and compete. Mm, yes. It's like the yes. old way. We're always in reaction and we're always competing. And it, it is about, you know, the paradigm of lack and scarcity and turning that on its head to realizing by doing that inner work and feeling, you know, the vastness of who we are, that there is abundance. There is no lack that there is enough for everybody. Yes, and that's that's a big shift for so many of us. Um, and I guess many of us are on that path of shifting to that. But I've seen that happen. I've really seen that be true um, within my own small community, but also in the online community. You know, the collaborations that we've both witnessed are amazing. And, and that spread of... Um, that spread of service, I guess, and that more and more people benefit when we come together in collaboration, which is what women naturally do. Mm. But as we mentioned earlier, we've been conditioned to be in that more competitive state. And if you've got it, there isn't anything for me. But when we come back to our natural state, which is to collaborate, 
um, I think it's just that's, again, a really powerful part of us rising together. Mm, and, you know, I know that you share the same feeling of me as me that there's, you know, there's nothing that needs ever to be fixed when, you know, we're completely whole as we are and everything we need is within us. Um, you mentioned that in your um, submission form that, you know, we're already enough and we have everything yeah. we need within us. And I'm, I'm just wondering, like, for some women that might be listening and they're still a little bit caught up in caring what other people think, like, what has helped you through that, through not caring so much what others think? Oh, my goodness. I'm sitting here with this big smile on my face because I think had you said that to me even, you know, 12, 24 months ago, um, I was still in that place where I thought I needed to be to be fixed, you know, that, that there was something outside of me that would make everything OK. And and I guess there's so much on that journey, but mostly we have to get back to self-worth and this real idea of trusting ourselves and coming back using whatever practice that takes for you. Meditation and journaling have been incredibly important for me and journaling in particular because it has allowed me to write through all those layers of what's wrong with me. I don't think there is anything wrong with me now, but the, when I had those very strong feelings, I would literally write, you know, what's wrong with me? Why am I like this? Um, how can I improve myself? And I went down that whole personal development route of needing to, you know, you, you were told to focus on your weaknesses and fix them. <laughs> no one said, what are your strengths? Let's embrace those. Let's heighten those. Let's use those. It was all this, this focus on what, what wasn't right. And so just my own journey has been long. <laughs> I try and help other women not take as long as I have. But I think finding practices that will support you in uncovering your truth, because journaling was it for me. I think any creative practice really helps anything that brings you into this present moment, um, mindfulness, and connecting with other women who are on that path, and maybe just a little bit further ahead than you, and talking to them. Because this idea that we need fixing, I don't know where that came from. We've all experienced challenges. We've all experienced difficulties. Many of us have experienced tragedies. But none of that makes us broken. None of it makes us broken. We're still, I guess we want to come back to that feeling of wholeness and knowing that we're whole. Rather than looking, as we tend to do, is to externalize and look outside. So if I try this therapy or if I go here or if I run away here you know that old ad you can run away but you always take yourself with you so you have to come back within and I did that you know I moved countries <laughs> and, and I was like oh but I'm still here um, it's still me I still got to work on the inside so I haven't really answered your question I'm sorry but I think <laughs> it's just that journey of connecting back with who you are and finding the tools that work for you and for me meditation and journaling in particular um, have been I often say journaling saved my life because it just, you know, you can do it anytime, anywhere. And it's so easy. Even if you start writing, I don't know what to write, which is what I used to write. <laughs> yeah, it's incredibly valuable. I do, um, you know, Julie Cameron's Artist Way, the morning pages, yes. which I think some people are familiar with, where, yeah, you just get up and write. And if you don't know what to write, that's what you start with. I don't know what to write. And you write that down. And then all of a sudden, something happens in your writing and you're writing and you're writing. 
And yeah, the whole point is to just get all of that garbage out of your head so that it's not running around in there all day and running your life. And um, and it does absolutely shift things. I totally agree that, that for me also journaling is a wonderful tool. So yeah, so not caring what others think. That's a, that's a really good tip to just start journaling. And yeah, I just wanted to go into that a little bit more. I was thinking now I've lost a thread of my thought, but the whole Sorry. idea of... No, no, it's not your fault. It's, <laughs> I didn't really ask a question. I've thrown you off No, no. No, I was just... I had something in mind, but it left. <laughs> and sometimes that happens. But, um, oh, I know what it was. It was the, the caring about what others think and this whole journey of... Um, you know, trying to fix ourselves because we think something's wrong and the whole uh, self-improvement journey, I really think that sometimes it comes from, you know, all the marketing that we're exposed to, like to make mm. us feel that we're not good enough. So there's, yes. you know, you've got to buy this and, and then buy that because that's going to make you feel better. And and I think we just have really bought into that big time. And um, I love when women start to wake up and disengage themselves from that and know that, you know, it's, it's self-improvement can be something that comes from the inside. You don't need a product. You don't need to, I mean, there's nothing, as you say, there's nothing to fix. And I love that you supporting women on this really deep self-worth journey, because that's the bottom line, isn't it? Yes. And I think it took, I started, when I started working with women, I use the term self-love and that, that was what I felt was incredibly important and that has evolved and I think that's, that's okay. We all evolve really to that deep self-worth because this idea of self-improvement and I think you're right, we've, we've been sold this, that this will improve your life, this will, this will make everything better. So we can go on this, um, oh, this path that is not actually leading us anywhere helpful but I think if we can shift from trying to fix ourselves, I quite like the word seeker. And I do consider myself a seeker because I am seeking to connect with myself. I am seeking to have a connection with the divine as I understand it. And I am seeking to be of service and to um, live the best life I can, which also impacts on others. Um, and so it's definitely still room for evolving and for growing, but it's not about fixing ourselves. We're not broken. It's about coming back to that wholeness and then being able to be the best of ourselves in this world. Mm, love that. Yeah. Beautiful. I'm wondering, it, has there been any um, particular person that you look up to or you could say is your mentor or you know, it maybe someone you know personally, or maybe just someone who you don't know personally, just a famous person or someone that, um, yeah, has sort of influenced and touched your life in a big way. Oh my goodness, yes, and I think that was part of my understanding as well as I as I embraced sisterhood was finding mentors and finding women that I could look up to in a way, not in terms of a role model. I think we need to be our own role models but to connect with women who have a much deeper understanding and were perhaps further along that path. And, um, I mean, one of my greatest mentors, and you know her very well, is Ricky Jane Adams <laughs> um, of I Am Spiritually Fierce. And I have completed a year's training with her. And when I did her very my very first workshop with her, which, again, I find it hard to believe this was only 18 months ago because the impact through my life has been 
has had such a ripple effect. It has had such a, a butterfly effect. Um, she really did crack me open and allow me to, to take a really deep breath and just connect again instead of trying to look for answers all the time. So I feel that working with her has kind of sped up <laughs> my own journey, everything I'd sort of spent, you know, 20 years trying to get to. The work that we then did together in a year was was tremendous. Um, and I guess she's one of my, yeah, she's definitely a, a big mentor. But I've I've met lots of women along the way, both in terms of self-worth and in and in business. And I think that if everybody you connect with, you are fortunate enough to really uh, take them in for who they are in that moment, you'll always get something to take away and to um, reflect on. Mm, it's almost like having the attitude that everyone you meet is a Buddha. If you're awake and open to it, there's something there. There's something that they might say or just an energy or whatever it is that there's a gift there in everyone yes. that we meet, that everyone that we interact with. Yes, absolutely. And that's not always easy because sometimes <laughs> sometimes our greatest mentors are also our greatest irritants. But um, <laughs> I think once you can be open to that, then you see situations very differently mm. um, and you get to see the beautiful uh, the beautiful learning or the gift that was in that situation, that opportunity that was there. Mm. Yes, I, I, <laughs> I agree that sometimes uh, the mentors and the people that are really helpful are, are, can be very irritating. They can be, <laughs> they can be petty tyrants. Uh, but when you recognize, oh, oh, I've, I've just encountered another petty tyrant, you sort of sit up and, and kind of welcome it because you know that, you know, that there's something in the works. So it's like it's like that bit of grain of sand that gets in the shell and creates the pearl. Yes. Yes, that's a beautiful way. Absolutely. Yes, that's it. Now, I wanted to um, ask you about your Dare to Flourish. You do have some, you do have a sister mind, which I've been so fortunate to jump into for a few months. And I want you to just talk about that a little bit. Well, yes, the sister mind was, um, this was, I don't know, I actually don't know where the idea came from because when I started it, everybody told me I was crazy. Um, because I made it, I designed it as a 12 month online circle. So my beautiful, um, all of the founding members who joined signed up for 12 months and lots of people told me that that wasn't possible and no one would commit for that length of time. And again, coming back to the, you know, daring to do us, do things our own way and trust ourselves. I knew that I had to do it the way I'd envisaged it. And if it didn't work, so be it. But I, that was the guidance I was getting. So the sister mind really came from this idea of wanting to have a slightly more intimate sisterhood group than my main um, Facebook group, but also to be able to share what I'm learning, my path, and to come together every single month with the same women in circle, which in this you know day and age is pretty tricky. Um, but if we have that monthly gathering of women, that energy to share where we're at, to bring our attention and focus together, to express what's going on for us in a very safe space, I really felt that there was a lot of power in that. And then the other part for me is that, you know, constant need and, and desire to support other women. So 
I wanted to bring them together so that I could create a safe place in which they could be supported, but also have amazing guest mentors like you who would be able to come in and share your expertise and your journey and be part of that sisterhood um, for, you know, however long that is, a few months, and to really connect deeply. And uh, the sister mind has just really kind of blown my mind really it has worked beyond what I what I really imagined and it's I just I'm sorry I'm glowing a little bit because I just asked for a few testimonials as we've just opened the doors again and and to receive the feedback on what the women in the group are getting is amazing and that also has really oh encouraged me to to put more into it to really devote myself to it and that it was a you know, it was a, a, a great idea, <laughs> for want of a better phrase. You know, it's working, and I'm really glad I backed myself and did it my way. Um, although that was terrifying because, you know, the, I probably should have listened to a business coach or two that, that told me to do it differently, but I'm so glad I didn't. And I think, again, this comes back to that new self-worth that I have, that it's not all about getting it right. It's just about doing it your way. And understanding that whether it works or not is right. So I don't think I'm answering your questions very well, but that's that's the sister mind in a nutshell. It's a beautiful online sisterhood, but it has a whole other depth of power and connection. Um, and it's very, very sacred to me. Mm, I love that. And I love three things about it. The first thing that I loved about you sharing about the sister mind was that you listen to yourself and that's something that I try and encourage women to do all the time. And, and it's really hard, you know, because there's a fine line between finding a mentor or a coach or someone that could help you. But ultimately, and I know when I coach women, I never tell them what to do. I don't mm. really even give advice. I might ask questions that have them come to their own realization that they know the answer and to follow mm. that. And I love that you listened to yourself and followed through rather than taking on someone else's idea about what it should be so I think that's really 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 important and the other thing is that you know you love to serve it, it was there throughout your whole life and here you are doing it in a beautiful way and the other thing I absolutely love about what you've created is that I've done in-person live sister circles and they are incredibly powerful and you've been able to translate that into online and keep it just as powerful and I think it's beautiful what you've done thank you and I thank you so much especially with the circles because you know sometimes I think that not knowing things is a great asset because <laughs> I I did get questioned by quite a few people as to how on earth I was going to create that sacred circle online and I just I, again, I just knew that I could do it. And I, I laugh now with a few dear friends that it's my superpower. But holding that space is definitely the most sacred part of the sister mind for me. And that's co-created. We come together and we do it together. But it has been, it's just been such a beautiful, a beautiful gift for me to be able to do that. And yes, it's different to sitting in circle in the same room. But boy, you can still create an amazing space an amazing safe place um, and hold that space for others. And, you know, I just look at the kind of miracle of the world and the times that we live in that we can do this. And I can have women in circle from all over Australia and the UK, New Zealand 
coming together in circle. I mean, it's it's just it's just amazing. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. Of um, I mean, it is just as powerful as as live. I know that you have to actually experience to understand that that's mm-hmm. true, and that also, in a way, I have to say, it can be more convenient. Like you can yeah. you can sit in your home and be with all these other beautiful, juicy women, and sharing and. And, and you don't have to go out. You don't have to get in your car. You don't have to drive somewhere. You don't have to take, you know, it's, it's really quite extraordinary. And I love that you've created that. Now, you've opened, you just, you mentioned that you've opened the doors for, for the sister mind. <laughs> so I want Open. to, I want to, um, let the listeners know how, if they're, if they're intrigued, if they're interested to be a part of the circle, what, what do they have to do? Yes, so I've just opened the virtual doors. So new members will be joining us in August. Um, They can, that's a really good question. They can connect with me either on my Facebook page or um, just, uh, it's by interview, it's by invitation only, just to check that it's a really good fit for everybody. So if anybody wishes to, they can um, just book in to have a chat with me at um, bit.ly forward slash connect with Mitley, um, or come on over to the Dare to Flourish Facebook group and all the information is in there. Okay. And listeners, don't worry. I'm going to put that all on the show notes so that it's very convenient for you. You can just go to the show notes and the links will be put up there that you can connect with Mitley in a very various ways. And if you're interested in the sister mind, which is very, very juicy and yummy, um, you can set up an interview with her and be a part of the, be a part of the beautiful circle. Thank you. You're so welcome. Totally welcome. Now, we're just about out of time, and I'm wondering if there's one one thing you would love to share with somebody to help them a little bit further on their own path to self-worthiness, and you could just look them in the eyes right now. What would you what what would you impart? I think if I could just look you in the eye at the moment, uh, well, I would give you a big hug and I would just say, you are enough. You have enough, you do enough, and you are so worthy of your vision. Beautiful. Thank you. I just had to have that little moment of silence there (laughs) to just take in those words. And I hope the listeners that um, you take in those words as well. They're very powerful, very meaningful, and I could feel your heart, Mitley. I'm so honored and thankful for you to be on the show. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on. I know that you do your own podcast, which is also called Dare to Flourish. And I know that you sit on the other end and that's more comfortable for you. We talked about this. We joked about this, how, <laughs> how you know, being the guest isn't always as easy. And so I really honor that you had the courage and the willingness to come on my show today. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. It was an absolute pleasure. And yes, it was a little bit terrifying, but I'm I'm very, very privileged and I'm very, very grateful to you. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm sure the listeners are very, very pleased that you had the courage to share with them because there was lots of beautiful, juicy tips and tools and encouragement in your sharing today. Thank you so much, Mitley. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the beautiful episode today with Mitley Southey. What a a gorgeous sister and 
what she's created. And I absolutely love the name, Dare to Flourish. Isn't that beautiful? It just says everything. So if you like the episode, please go to iTunes and give it a rate and review. It really does help out other people to find the show so that we can help more and more women to be true to who they are, do it their way, and be brilliant. And don't forget to subscribe. It's so easy to subscribe on iTunes or on Stitcher. And I deeply appreciate you being here. I love you all. Thank you so much. Thank you all for being here today. If you enjoyed the episode, please go to iTunes and give it a review and subscribe. And don't forget to join our private Facebook group, Brilliant Misfits. And for more information on living a creative life, www.asiakennedy.com.